we're starting a new series today. It's called Members Only. Uh, having said that, it's not just for members only. Uh, it's really a study of what membership is, right? Um, church membership kind of has this weird fog around it. We know it's a thing, especially if you've grown up in the Midwest. You kind of know that church membership is a thing. Uh, we know it's there, but we have a hard time seeing it clearly. My hope is that over the next five weeks that we're going to lift some of that fog for you, that we'll be able to more clearly define what church membership is, what cross points expectations are for church members, and what church's expectations for members as a whole are. And so I'm really excited about this series. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I'm also a little nervous about this series because it's going to challenge you a little bit. It's going to challenge some of those traditional uh, conventions, if you're a cross pointer and have been for a long time, about what membership is. Because uh, I'm not going to lie, when I first got here, membership really wasn't a thing for our church. And it was just kind of like, oh, come when you want and go when you want. And if you're not here, not a big deal. But uh, I don't think that that's true. I, I don't think that it's something that should be taken that flippantly. And I think that uh, when you decide to become a member of a church, you are accepting a, a real responsibility. And so uh, I want to explain that to you from my perspective, but also obviously from a biblical perspective as well. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to answer questions. We're going to answer who, what, when, why, and how of church membership. So who church members are, who should be a church member, what church members do, when you should become a church member, why you should become a church member, because I think that that's really important, and then how to be a church member just in general. And so today we're going to focus on who uh, church members are. Maybe a better question is, who should be a church member? Now, the short answer is everyone who considers themselves a believer right? Everyone who considers themselves a believer should be a church member. And I thought about being uh, really clever and just saying, okay, that's it. That's the sermon. We're done, right? Like self-explanatory. Who should be a church member? If you consider yourself a believer, you should be a church member. But uh, there are three ways to be a church member, right? Three traditional ways um, that you can become a church member. All of them center around becoming or being a believer, right? Following the way, being a Christian. So the first way you become a church member is to accept Christ as your savior. You participate in believer's baptism. And then in doing so, you become a member of the church where that takes place, right? The second way is through a statement of faith. It's saying everything that we just talked about in the first way has happened for me. It just happened at another church, right? So I'm coming out. I'm stating my faith. I'm stating that I'm a believer. I'm saying that I have participated in baptism, and I just want to step out in faith and join this body of believers, right? And the third way is to move your letter. So... Uh, Churches traditionally keep records, right? When you become a member, when you accept Christ as your Savior, when you become baptized, then you're added to that membership role. And we have what we call a letter of membership, right? And so you can join a church by saying you want to move your letter. You list the church that you're coming from. The church that you're going to sends that church a letter. And then they say they send you back and say, okay, we've removed that person off your role. Feel free to move them onto your role, right? Now, these are not bad things, okay? They're not bad things. It's how membership takes place. I happen to think that membership is really important. But this is what I would call micro-membership, right? It's a very small view of membership within inside of a singular church. But I think that we have to view membership on a much, much larger scale, right? Becoming a church member is a commitment to the overall big C church, right? Church membership is a lot less about joining little C church, the local body, 
and a lot more about joining the big C church, the body of Christ. And that's an important distinction. For those of you that are struggling with membership of why should I join this specific church, my answer to you would be you're not. Okay? Not entirely. <laughs> Does that make sense? You're not just joining Crosspoint. Or you're not just joining List the Church. You're joining a bigger body of believers that is the universal church, the body of Christ. You're making a commitment to be one of those body parts, so to speak, and to fulfill whatever role God is calling you to fulfill within the church. And I think that that's really important. I also would argue that following church membership follows Christ's example, right? Now, you're not going to find anything in Scripture that says, and then Jesus became a member of the church of blank, right? That doesn't happen. And you're also not going to say anything that says, admit, believe, confess, be baptized, and then go join a church. That's not there. But if we look at Christ and we see this, the stories of his life and see the example he set for us, we see that Christ specifically at times aligned himself with certain groups of people. And he made that commitment and stepped out to say that I am a part of this body of believers, right? One of those instances, and I think maybe the most important instance, is in Matthew 3, chapter 13 through 17. It's when Christ comes to be baptized by John the Baptist, and this is what it says. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized to you, by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and alighting on him, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but John's baptism is not the same as the baptism that we have today right? And the reason that that's the case is because John's baptism was for the sinner that was seeking the forgiveness of sins, right? We know that forgiveness only comes through Jesus Christ, correct? That's the only way that it takes place. Christ gave himself up on the cross to have his body broken, to shed his blood, that he might be the sacrifice that we need in order to find forgiveness. But that act in this moment has not taken place yet, Okay? Christ is still alive. He's still walking the earth. His redemptive act on the cross has not taken place yet. So why did Christ participate in this? Because if you know anything about church, if you have a church background, we claim that, that Christ was the spotless Lamb of God, right? That he was the only human being, even though, yes, he was fully God, he was fully human. He's the only human being who lived life without ever committing sin. That's a claim that I make. That's a claim that I believe. It's a claim that our church believes. So why would he participate in a sinner's baptism? Why would Christ do that if he never committed sin? Christ was making a statement, and it was a huge statement, that he wanted to be a part of these people who were being baptized by John, that he wanted to associate, that he wanted to be known with these other sinners. And not just that he wanted to be known by them, but that eventually he wanted to become their savior. But he was stating a claim. He was proud of his connection to this group of people. And he wanted to say, I am with you. I am with you. You are with me. Together, we are one. Membership. Membership declares your identity to the world. It's a major step in telling the world that, yes, you are Christian. Yes, you are proud of it. Yes, you are okay with them knowing that that is the case. 
okay, and that you have nothing to hide. It firmly states your claim. And it also tells people where you stand as far as that relationship with God. Furthermore, it testifies to our purpose and our desire to enter into the sonship of God, right? To be called children of the living God. Because what happened after Christ was baptized, the heavens opened up, the dove descended, and we heard God's voice. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And I firmly believe that as we participate in these acts, as we accept Christ as our Savior, and as we agree to enter into the process that is believer's baptism, that we are experiencing the same thing. That God is welcoming us as sons and daughters. That he is proud of us, that he is happy to have us on the team, so to speak, right? That he is okay, that he is uh, excited about us being members of the global church of God. Right, the global church of God. And it also signifies our submission to Christ. And it's an act of submission to Christ. Why do I think membership is an act of submission to Christ? I'll tell you why. Because in Ephesians 1, through 23, it says, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him the head over everything for the church. For the church. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church takes it a step further which is his body the fullness of him who lives who fills everything in every way right i want you to think about that for a moment god has placed christ as the head of the church and you agreeing to become a member of the church are saying that you submit to the will of christ that you submit to following his guidance for your life And that you are willing to put aside self, that you're willing to put aside those things that would uh, put you first and instead put him first. It's an act of submission to Christ. And so that's another reason that I believe that membership is extremely important. It tells Jesus that you want to be led by him. Membership also tells other members that you want to be a part of their body. Why is that important? Why is that important? Why is it important to tell others that you are committed, right? Romans 12, 4 through 5, it says, Just for each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all others. Membership, membership creates a couple things. First, it creates a sense of unity, right? It creates a sense of unity. By becoming a member of the church and of a specific church, you are telling that body of believers that you want to be unified with them, that you are committed to living life with them, that you are committed to struggling with them, that you are committed to pray and to worship with them, that you are committed to evangelize with them. Membership tells others that I'm with you. I'm here to walk alongside you. Okay, you can you can trust me. And it signifies to members of the church at the local and global level that you are unified in our purpose to win the world for Christ. Okay? You need <laughs> Sam, you were cracking me up. I love that. Sorry. We have to understand, right? We have to understand that the body of Christ exists to fulfill one purpose. And that is to go out into the world 
and to make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our job as Christians is to go out and to grow the church, to grow the church. And I think that, at least for me, one of the things that membership does is it helps build a sense of trust. It helps build a sense of trust. Because I know when somebody commits to being a member that that's not a small commitment, right? We think about membership with any other thing in our world, right? If you're the member of a country club or if you're the member uh, of a Sam's Club, right, or Costco, if you, if you are agreeing to become a member of any of these things, right, you are collectively bringing yourself into that body of people who also have made that commitment to be members, right? It tells me that you're willing to uh, sacrifice a little bit of yourself to become a part of what it is that we're doing here, okay? And when we have that trust, when we have that trust, it tells me that as your pastor, I can be really real with you, right? Because a membership is a commitment. It's not just a, oh, I'll be here this week, and then next week I'm going to go see that church, and then next week I'm going to go see this church, and then the next week this church has this one speaker that I think is really dynamic, and so I'm going to go there, and then all these different things, right? Membership, membership tells your pastor that he can actually shepherd you. That he can lead you, that he can guide you, that he can direct you, that he can be real with you and call you out when you need to be called out about something, right? That he can be honest with you and that he doesn't have to be afraid to stand up in front of you and maybe say something that's going to hurt your feelings. I'm just talking from my own personal perspective. But now I'll apply that to you, right? As a brother and sister in Christ, we are told that we have a responsibility to hold one another accountable, right? To live life together, to bear one another's burdens, to, to lovingly correct when that correction needs to take place. When somebody has joined in membership with you, you have more trust in your ability to be able to do that, right? Because you don't think, well, if I say this and it upsets them, they're just going to be gone. They're just going to be gone. That may be the last time I see them. No, you know that they've made a commitment to struggle with you and to fight through these things with you and, and, and to have those types of discussions. And so membership builds a sense of trust that just isn't there when that agreement hasn't taken place. Okay? I'm, I'm really excited, like I said, about this series, guys. That's really all I have for today on this topic. I think that it's important. I think that we understand that. But next week we're going to talk about uh, what it is that members do. Okay, what do members do? And I hope that you're going to be there for that. I hope that you'll make that commitment to be uh, at church, at service, to at least watch the service online. I think, and this is just me as the pastor of Crosspoint Fellowship, I think that this sermon series might possibly be one of the most important that I've ever preached. We are at a turning point in Crosspoint's uh, timeline. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week and, and explain to you what I mean when I say that. And so I hope, I hope that you'll be there. I hope that if you see people that weren't here this week, that you'll get on the horn with them and make sure that uh, they're here to be a part of it as well. Because um, we're not just talking about what church members do. We're talking about the future of Crosspoint, right? And so uh, please be here for that. Please make that commitment um, to be a part of that. I just really think that God is going to move in really big ways um, for us. If you're visiting us for the first time or maybe uh, been here again, hey, I know that this feels maybe uh, 
I don't want this sermon series to feel closed off because membership is one of those things that's really important to the church as a whole, like I've already said. said. And so uh, continue to come because if, if it's possible for you to call Crosspoint home one day as a, a member of our church, and we, again, would love for that to be the case and we would be honored for that to be the case, uh, you need to be here to hear these things as well. And so as the band comes up, I'm going to pray. And then uh, after we conclude worship for today, uh, we're going to move our area over to the pavilion. Like I said, I'm going to get the grill down. We're going to uh, start cooking some hamburgers and hot dogs. And uh, we've got some yard games too. I mean, there, I know there's going to be some face painting as well for the kids. So stick around. We're going to have a lot of fun. But let's pray uh, now before that takes place. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I hope that over the course of this sermon series, Lord, that you will just open our eyes to the importance of what it means to be a member of a church. That you would uh, help us find clarity, that you would give us the questions that we need to answer if we have questions that need to be answered. God, and that you would help us to, to formulate just a, a really strong stance uh, on, on whether or not we should be a member of a church and, and where, God, we decide to be a member of a church. Uh, Lord, we just ask for clarity. We ask for wisdom. I know that personally I am proud to be a member of Crosspoint Fellowship. I am proud to be a member of this family. God, I, uh, I just thank you for the honor that it is to be here this morning to be in your presence, to be in the presence of all of these people that have decided to join us today. Lord, we also ask for just a wonderful time of fellowship, just a wonderful time of fellowship today. We ask that you would protect us, keep us safe, God, and just uh, help us to have a wonderful time together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, real quick, if you need to pray, okay, because prayer happens outdoors too. <laughs> If you need to pray with somebody, uh, I'm going to, to go kind of stand back in that middle area uh, back there. Come, come see me. Come pray with me. I would love to speak with you this morning. Otherwise, stand now, worship our God, and reflect on what it is that he has done for us. Amen.